Garçon, coffee. You wanna buy some death sticks? Welcome to the Coffee and Death Sticks podcast. My name is Kevin Romani. And I am Danny Marchant. Danny and I have now watched the entire series of Ahsoka. So we're going to recap the final three episodes, but also talk about the whole series, what we think of it now that we've seen the completed piece and where it fits into this larger something, this larger Thrawn story. I'm still not quite sure, but we'll hopefully we'll learn pretty soon. But anyway... Uh, Danny, I, I came up with a new title for what this show should have been called. Something that we've been struggling with, like it's not really Ahsoka. This should have been called Star Wars Rebels Without a Cause. That's good. That would be, that would be, um, that would be better. That would be more in line with what we actually, what the show is actually about. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh ahsoka is over we finished it um i think probably our opinions haven't changed from the previous two episodes we've done on this i don't think this was not a game-changing seismic shift in our perception of star wars the biggest thing i kept thinking especially in the finale is uh the marvel cinematic universe is like the worst thing to ever happen to film and television (laughs) absolutely true yep it's it's just um, there are so many things here that really could have worked a lot better and so many avenues they could have explored that would have been more interesting. And they didn't do them because this was only ever supposed to hold our attention for a couple weeks and get the pieces where they need to be on the board for the big end game that is Dave Filoni's Dave Filoni's Star Wars movie, which the rumor is that it's supposed to be called Heir to the Empire as a reference to the most beloved, uh, the first like expanded universe book about Thrawn. Um, and yeah, so the show could never exist on its own, uh, which is, I think, what we've talked about and struggled with so far, is that, is this a show about Ahsoka or is this Rebels Season 5 and just set up for the big crossover movie with all with Mandalorian characters, Boba Fett characters, Ahsoka characters. We've got that show Skeleton Crew coming out soon. That that's going to be tied into it somehow. Um, I don't know what the plot of that is. I know Jude Law's playing a Jedi, another fucking Jedi. Thought they were all dead. Yeah, but there's so many of them. So didn't hate it. Didn't even dislike it. Even just ended and I found myself thinking what on earth was the point of any of that? (laughs) I think that's the issue. Yeah. It was just very up and down. Like you said, no seismic shifts and how I felt really throughout it. I think after our last episode where we reviewed three, four and five, I'm basically in the same point of like, I liked the main storyline well enough. It just took a really long time to, get there and then once it happened like you said it was kind of like what was the point it felt like this whole thing was filler and that's not good for an entire eight episode little mini series to feel like it was filler and just to set up chess piece chess pieces like you said for like the next 
whatever the next iteration is, whether it's the different Disney Plus show. Yeah, it's going to have to be a few more Disney Plus shows before it ends up being the movie or what have you. There were bright spots along the way. I think the for me, without, oh, I, should, I, I meant to ask you this. Now that you've seen the whole show, Danny, who is your favorite actor or portrayal of one of the animated characters for the first time on this show? Oh, Fran. Okay. Oh, so my no, my answer was Ezra Bridger. Oh yes. We, yeah. I I um I was shocked at how oh, I, I love I, that guy. It helps that, that he's he's gorgeous and he looks he, like Jesus. Um, the, he does. Well, I saw a lot of Jesus and Moses jokes. A lot yeah, like, very Moses. Like, yeah, his eyes were are piercing blue, but Oof. Ezra was not my favorite character on Rebels, but he's a kid so he's kind of got yeah. you know the kid characteristics and he's perfect for a cartoon show but for this for him to be him as an adult now was like yeah that felt like a star wars character he was mm -hmm. quippy and having fun and dramatic when he needed to be as well and added more life that we were missing from some of the characters earlier Yes, when he showed up, and I love the way he did show up, which was it wasn't a big thing. It was just the yeah. camera is 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 following Sabine as she looks around this village of these delightful little um, shrimp nomads or whatever they were. Yeah. And uh, it just out of focus, you see a guy with a black beard, and it's that's clearly Ezra. And she just turns around, and it's it's her old buddy Ezra. And um, yeah, he was delightful. He he had he reminded me of. He also looks like he could be like an elder brother to Oscar Isaac. Like he reminded me of Poe in The Force Awakens. Just an energy where you you the way they pay, play the character, the way they sell the lines, you you just think, okay, that is a Star Wars character. That's a Star Wars guy. Just a fun, optimistic, good guy who is just trying to do the right thing. It, like it, very Star Wars, as it was just a very Star Wars character. Yeah, and I was shocked at how much um, I enjoyed him because I didn't really care about. I barely cared about Ahsoka. I really didn't care about Ezra, and then Ezra shows up, and he was. I found him delightful. Yeah, um, I liked his his banter and and uh, repartee with with Sabine. They felt like brother and sister. Like I saw Rebels, but if I hadn't seen Rebels. I would have got their relationship immediately. Like she's afraid to give him the full story because she got there under not the most under suspicious circumstances, but she's very happy to see him. Um, he's been doing, he's been leading a very Jedi life, just helping people that need extra help. And he doesn't even, I love when the fight comes and she's like, here, take your lightsaber, do your thing. He's like, I don't really do that anymore like showing that he's matured even though he's been training himself. I love that when Jedi are like, yeah, I don't need the lightsaber. I'm kind of past that at this point. Um, Until two episodes later when he constructs well, his own lightsaber and then fights yeah, with the lightsaber. Because they knew that fans would be like, where's his lightsaber? <laughs> he needs to swing his lightsaber. But before that happened, yeah, like so many Star Wars things, I was like, oh, that's great. He's like not going to just come back and swing a lightsaber. Um, that episode in particular might have been one of my, 
I like that. Yeah, one. yeah, the, the sixth movie. episode, right? The, yes, yeah, they finally yeah. get to the cool. I mean, it wasn't visually the most interesting place, but they get to the the ancient witch planet, and there's the witches from Macbeth, and Thrawn is there, and he's got wacky stormtroopers and one is wearing mordred's mask from excalibur and it was awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> and lars mickelson just really good as thrawn uh even if you hadn't seen rebels this was a great like introduction to thrawn just being welcomed his soldiers love him their chant is just his name um you you get the whole story of how did these people survive in another galaxy for so long and still maintain some sort of discipline and order. And then you meet Thrawn and you realize, oh, that's how this guy's in charge of them. This like fanatical military uh, genius is just holding together this one ship of stormtroopers. I thought that was cool. I thought it was, I thought it was neat. Um, but then by the end of the show, it just, it's just lightsabers and force ghosts and <laughs> all the usual, all the well, usual. Well, I, I actually like, the lightsaber action sequences in these final episodes, particularly the in the eighth in the episode. I, I thought the fight between Ahsoka and Morgan Elsbeth was well-earned and well-executed, a nice mix of good choreography, but also, mm -hmm. you know, emotionally you're, you're kind of there. The, the Ahsoka of it all, I think is still a big elephant in the room, which I still yes. just, that's why I made the joke rebels without a cause. It's like, I, I don't know what her motivation is. Um, and speaking of motivation, I, well, clearly there must have been plans for Balin and his apprentice, but unfortunately with the passing of Ray Stevenson, I don't know what is going to happen with that character. The entire eighth episode, I was waiting for both of them to show up. And they didn't until the very end where they're just kind of looking at new circumstances. But yeah, Ray Stevenson might have, Balin Scroll, I should say, might have just purposely wanted to rule over a new planet. Is that maybe what we're yeah, supposed to Yeah, or believe? he just wants the power of the, uh, what do they call it? It's the mother, the, it's the father, the son, and the daughter from that, um, he, when he's standing on the ledge and there's the statues and it's the three, uh, what is that planet called? Um, the Mortis arc from the Clone Wars, where they go into this weird mm. planet. Oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It may have just been a dream, and it, the whole episode is just Dave Filoni scrambling to make sense of George Lucas's stupid chosen one prophecy, and he does a pretty solid job of it. But that's what that whole that whole episode is just. What the fuck was George talking about when he said the chosen one? What does balance to the Force mean? And I thought that was cool. I think it was a good payoff. All season. Balin's been talking about a greater power. He's not really in it to bring the Empire back. He thinks that'd be probably a good thing for his galaxy, but he is over his galaxy. He wants to leave his... I thought that was a good... He ended up... When all was said and done, I liked his character. A guy yeah. that wants to do one final thing for his broken galaxy that he's lost all faith in. And he thinks, I think Thrawn might be a good thing for, for them. Because he's He'll bring order and stability, but he's not like a xenophobic fascist in the way that the Empire was. He's still a bad guy, but he'll like do a better job of it. But I personally am interested in this witch magic and these old gods of the Force. Like, I think that's... I'd be curious to see what they were planning for him. I mean, 
Liev Schreiber exists. You can get him and have him play Balin's role. Like it's true. He's got a similar vibe. He has a sort of uh, rumpled dignity. Or they'll just never refer to him again. They'll just quickly get Ahsoka and um, who's on the planet? Ahsoka Sabine and Sabine <laughs> <laughs> and Hu Yang. They'll get them off the planet so they can come help out with the big fight against Thrawn in the Dave Filoni movie. And, and yeah, Din and Grogu will come out of their retirement on Navarro, and Boba Fett will have something to help out with him. And Fennec will leave Tat. Like that's all. It was just. It, that's the frustrating thing. It, it it ended and I realized, oh, they've just been getting everyone set up in their little corners so that they can all come from the different corners for the big on-your-left scene in the Filoni movie. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure Filoni's not thinking, oh, I'm just going to make Avengers. He's thinking, I'm going to make a big Star Wars thing. But he works for Disney, and Disney's going to be pushing hard on just make this event, just do Avengers. No one likes the Avengers anymore. We'll be the new Avengers. Make an Avengers. Thrawn is Thanos. Like, there, it's just, that's the thing. It's not that this is bad on its own. It's pretty, it's fine. Mandalorian's good. Boba Fett's like, okay. Like, all these things are, they're not like disasters. They're not train wrecks. No, 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 no. It's no. just, it's so clear what they're, it's so clear what they're doing. It's now, now it is. I think like, that's coming into focus. Yeah. We're making the Avengers but in Star Wars. And that's all this is that's all this has been. None of it apart from season one of The Mandalorian stands on its own, really. It's all part of a larger universe. And I hate that. Just I wish things were self-contained. And yeah, Star Wars is a trilogy. The first Star Wars is a trilogy, but that first Star Wars movie is a full meal in and of itself. Even I, I'll, I can't believe I'm saying this. Even the prequels tried to be satisfying movies from start to finish. Like George Lucas wanted you to see the movie, feel like you had seen a complete story, and then leave, and then you'll see the new one in a couple of years. Like he wanted you to feel like yeah. Anakin and Padme went on a love on a journey of love. He wanted you to feel like Naboo was saved by little Anakin and. And Obi-Wan learned how to be a, a jet. Like he wanted you to get a sense of a full arc for each character. And this isn't really that. Like this is a lot of filler, a lot of moving pieces around this. This 100% could have been a movie, just like the Obi-Wan Kenobi show yep. and just like the Boba Fett show. It's like, why are these TV shows? Because it's more stuff to put on Disney Plus to stock the shelves. It, they should just be movies. That there's so much filler in Ahsoka. You, you, I couldn't even like remember the first couple episodes of the show because it felt so distant. It felt so irrelevant to um, the latter half, which was the better half, I think. Once they kind of yeah got to that water planet, and then once they were getting set up to go to the witch planet, I was like finally a little more interested. But it was so much wasted time of just setting stuff up that they easily could have done in another way. They at least delivered on a character level with basically every character except for Ahsoka. I, yeah, I found, <laughs> which the show's named after. So again, I'm not trying to. So yeah, not making excuses because I think I think I I like the show. As we've said, I've 
pr pretty much liked it since we've started. You you sound like you liked the show. I think we just both recognize it for what it is. And if they had, I don't I don't know how to have better done this, but I do also fear the Avengers of it all. And then something I talk about a lot. There's no suspense and in inevitability. So when you hear Long Live the Empire, that falls a little flat for me when I know where this is all ultimately going. Mm -hmm. Now, the I guess the somewhat, I don't even want to call it clever, but you could argue the creative twist here will be that the Empire, you know, just eventually becomes the first order i i never really i wasn't quite sure of how that was going to happen is it was it going to be like the empire was basically completely depleted and then some remnant somewhere came up and became the first order kind of from scratch or but i i think it's going to be it's going to be that right it's going to be um just all the like that scene you mentioned at all that we both liked a lot in mandalorian season three that like legion of doom scene so it's like we know there's the general Hux character, so it's going to be some sort of weak resurgence. So long live the Empire, I guess, is sort of kind of going to come true. Just it's going to change names to the First Order. And this is, like you said earlier, I can't believe you said I can't believe I'm saying the prequels at least did this. So I'm going to be saying, you know... I, I tend to defend the sequels a, a little bit more, I guess, than most, because overall, I think they had the right intentions, at least the individual mm -hmm. the individual filmmakers, I think, did. And, yes. I you know, the, the cast and crew and all that, I think the the business side of it is where it failed. And, and yes. having them come out every other year and not having a continuous storyline and not having the whole outline lined up and all of these things. But something now that keeps coming back to me is that rise of skywalker give that one a little bit of a pass here and there because i love jj and has some good shots and some good moments and some good music but the just unbelievable lack of restraint for <laughs> tie fighters and star destroyers and all of this makes a single star destroyer seem so worthless like mm -hmm. that was something I think we, I think we talked about this when we reviewed Andor, but when they're doing like the heist in the middle or the earlier part of Andor, and there's one Tie Fighter, mm -hmm. and like the the threat and the dread that our characters feel at seeing the sight of a single Tie Fighter is like oh like how are we going to deal with this, and this show is trying to get back to that again with a single Star Destroyer with a single military cohesive mind, this genie. Well, we'll get to that a little bit later, but this, this <laughs> like that, that these threats are now just like not feeling anything yeah. to me because I think rise of Skywalker had like 4 billion Star Destroyers that were freaking conjured up uh, or something yes. by Palpatine and, when I, like I said, I hear things like long live the empire. Well, what do you mean? Do you mean this empire? Do you mean the first order? Palpatine, Palpatine's behind it all. It's like, ah, so, so those sorts of things make my head hurt. And I wish I could just enjoy this on its own, which I think you're better about doing than I am admittedly, but, but we're not supposed to enjoy it on its own. Like, I know it's all supposed to be connected. And the whole thing about the star destroyer is like, it's called a star destroyer. Yeah. The idea is that like, 
the Empire can just send one of those to a planet, and it's like, okay, that planet's ours now. (laughs) There's the huge... Star Wars opens with this gigantic ship, and then in Empire, there's like 50 of them. You're like, oh, so this is the Navy. This is all they've got. This is their Imperial Navy. And then what the hell is, is casting a shadow over them? Oh, that's Darth Vader's Star Destroyer. That's so cool. And the Return of the Jedi, the full fleet is there, and it's so scary because you know what just one of these things can do. Now there's a fleet of them. Yes, there's a Death Star there, but the fleet's in danger before the Death Star even starts firing at Endor. Like, they're in danger because look at all those fucking Star Destroyers. It's supposed to... It earns the spectacle. It gets to the end, and it's like, here's the full might of the Imperial Navy... You know what one is capable of, and now it's all of them. Like, that's scary. Move as close as you can, and engage those Star Destroyers at point-blank range. At that close range, we won't last long against those Star Destroyers. We'll last longer than we will against that Death Star. And then Rise of Skywalker is, yes, is he literally conjuring them from the the ether, or have they just been all chilling underneath the surface of this planet? And... The thing that really kills it is they all have a Death Star gun attached to them. Which yeah. Is really stupid. Yeah. Um, but again, what's JJ supposed to do? He's been told, like, hey, we're marketing your movie as the finale to everyone's life. Like, this is the final thing forever. This is Rise of Skywalker. It's the end to, you know, over 40 years of just Star Wars. And he's thinking, that's not the movie I made. <laughs> I just made a. I just made a third one. Like I just kind of made a third one and tried to make the second one I would have made to Force Awakens. Like I didn't make a finale to nine movies. So how about there's a a mega fleet and they all can blow up a planet? I don't know. Like it's like what is he supposed to do? Yeah. Um, it's and that's the thing. It's uh no one creative person is ever going to be able to accomplish what they set out to do with Star Wars because none of them are as insane as George Lucas. So they, they can't produce like George Lucas was able to make the prequels because he could just do it himself essentially because of all the fucking money he had. He could just go to Australia and just make these three movies with no oversight and release them. And they make tons of tons of money because, but there was no studio saying what the hell is this <laughs> what, what is like why have you made these decisions he just had rick mccallum saying you're a genius now they're all operating within this the the strictures of the fucking disney corporation like there's only so much they can do um it's just you know even even you know ryan johnson with his special little subversions and his deconstructing of everything What's the big thing at the end of the Last Jedi? We have to get out of this base because there's a big death. There's a mini Death Star cannon outside. It's like you can't escape from the weight of of this big beast. Like it, again, I've said it before. It's just it's it's we're so far down the road from its origins that it's like it just doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. But this show did a pretty good job of like avoiding some of these things that we're talking about. But yeah. while also, like you said, oh god, it's like it's like pain. I'm feeling pain talking about this right now, and it has really nothing to do with the show itself. It's just yeah. the Danny and I are, cannot stop 
coming to this just these larger issues no matter what star wars property we talk about but this show avoided all that like the the big final moment is just a few characters fighting yes well yeah uh come back to that later too but and it's just one star destroyer we can't let this one star destroyer escape so i love yeah. the stakes being the stakes are high like we can't let this one guy get back but it's not a death star that's about to blow up a planet or a fleet that's about no. to and that was refreshing and like and there were you know there were themes and like in that final episode i really liked how a lot of characters were saying nationalistic sounding things but they really had internal motivation and selfish yes like one-on-one -on -one things like that was a recurring tread among a, lot, a couple of characters so there was morgan elsbeth is you know basically told you got to sacrifice yourself for the empire but then she mutters, but for, for me, it's really for Dathomir. I don't, you know, yeah. you're, you're an ends to a me, you know, it means to an end, excuse me. Yeah. And for Sabine, it's like, we can't let this guy go back and ruin the new Republic. And it's like, yeah, but my primary objective is to get my friend Ezra home. Yes. And Thrawn, I'm still not quite sure. We, we need to learn a little bit more about just this Thrawn, not like everything from the 90s, like mm -hmm. just the presentation of the Thrawn we've had in the in canon is what's his ultimate, because he keeps saying for the Empire, but like what's really his motivation. And again, so this is what I'm saying, where Ahsoka is the character who I feel like we get just I nothing, uh, nothing at all. Um, she was a dud. I'm sorry. Like I know. I've never seen the full. And again, it has, it's got nothing to. It's not like the actress' fault. It's just the way she was written in this show. She is so boring. If they had just called this something else and put something else on the poster, I feel like I honestly would have like no problem with the show. <laughs> Tra trademark rebels without a cause. Yeah, rebels trademark. without a cause is is perfect. Star Wars rebels without a cause because. The decision to focus this or to sometimes focus this on ahsoka and her relationship to the jedi and her feelings about anakin that was the most boring useless stuff in the show it's like i don't care about any of this and if it had been the ahsoka from the cartoon i maybe would have because i like that character she's 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 interesting this ahsoka is she i don't know why she's disillusioned with the jedi she fits right in she's a boring asshole did you see jay and silent bob reboot uh no okay well she is in one scene she plays a not her character from clerks too this is rosario yeah. dawson yeah, yeah and she her energy in this one scene and she's introduced, so she is dating, or she's married to uh, Shannon Doherty's character from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Okay. And they meet Jay, and she's like, this is, like, that guy. And just her her energy is like, <laughs> yeah, that's that would have been fun to see some of that. We, we've talked about this ad nauseum. She's more than capable of playing yeah. whatever you want her to play. So it's clearly the characterization that they went for to make her a boring sterile jedi like you said so i don't, I don't know, know what she was given but they were the ron notes like uh, she, she whoever... got the ezra bridger notes 
Yeah, I don't know who was giving him. You know who directed? I think that episode is the woman that uh, I think her name is Gita, Gita something, and she directed the Lord of the Tides episode from House of the Dragon, the best episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah's walks into the throne room and it's like the best thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> she directed that episode. Okay, so. I think she's the one that I think she directed one or more of the like final three of yep. Ahsoka. And those had a lot of energy. The lightsaber fights, like you said, were much better than they had been previously. It felt like the story had finally started. But of course, you're conscious of the fact that, okay, the story just started, but it's ending next episode. So why, why did they, why did they start? Were they, why did they, like, I don't, was Hera necessary to this show? No. Or nope. Chopper, or uh, Hera's little uh, kid, J- Jason. Like, were any of them? No, I, I, I did really, really. I was filled with like dread when C three PO showed up. Not because I don't oh, like I, I find C three PO is great, but I was like, oh no, please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't play a hologram of Princess Leia. Please don't play. Oh, a hologram. I know, I know. Anytime, well, no, the, I think they've sort of learned their lesson they did what they did in rise of skywalker and 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 as we've commented effectively and even when they dh her they didn't make her talk which i think was smart and i i i hope they're done with that and please don't please don't like just don't do it yeah um but i felt the same way but i thought that was smart to use 3PO as a stand-in except again I am distracted by I don't know I thought they fixed these things but he sounds old for the first time he didn't sound yes. old in any of the sequels but he sounded old in this one and, and I he thought had a gut. so it it, was it my imagination or was he was he arched way farther back than he normally is as well? It looked like he was. He, it, it looked like he was like sticking out his belly, which is like a weird. Like, he looked like Chris Pratt when he's uh, uh, in the Parks and Rec outtake when which, he says, uh, "I got hot snakes, hot snakes, <laughs> bubble gut." <laughs> it's, which makes you think I that was probably not Anthony Daniels in the suit. Anthony Daniels knows exactly how to stand as C three PO. Like that, I'm sure. That makes sense. It was probably just some fucking he's, guy. He's 112 years old. It probably wasn't him anymore. Yeah. Like, and he knows how to like he had he he landed on an extremely specific way to move and and stand with C3PO immediately in Tunisia in 1976. It was perfect. So, it was perfect. And then this guy shows up and I'm like, I bet that's not Anthony Daniels. Now I bet he came to the set for an afternoon. So they could film fake footage of him dressed up as C-3PO, then yes. to then put it on the Disney yes. Plus making of documentary yep. so that everyone can think, just like James Spader showed up for one afternoon to pretend to be dressed up as Ultron, but he wasn't, he did it for that was it's pretend. Yeah. They're tricking you. It's all a trick. And so I think it was just another guy was in the suit, and then he recorded the dialogue. And he doesn't sound like bad. It's just that like, ooh, he's get you know. He's getting up there. Correct. It, to be clear, I didn't mean it sounded awful, but no. notice, but noticeably different. He Whereas, sounded the same for nine movies, and now all of a sudden, that's he what I mean. Different. And it's like Tanya is not supposed to sound different. C-3PO is supposed to sound the same all the time because he's a robot. <laughs> Maybe because he was in all three series, but I remember being very surprised in Force Awakens thinking he sounds exactly the same unless exactly. they figured something out. But then we of course know a year later 
when Rogue One came out, James Earl Jones sounded ancient. So I'm still in command? You'll speak to the Emperor about me. But then we 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 talked about this at some point, maybe in the Obi Wan Kenobi episode. Obi, why did I? I that was a weird emphasis. Obi Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> uh, I don't know an Obi Wan Kenobi, but I know Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> um, they they see they fixed it with that whatever technology, but now we're back to like, why, I don't know why they can't just make everybody sound like they did at whatever era they want to pick any longer. Well, if all of Diane uh, Feinstein's staffers are looking for work, <laughs> they, can, they can go work at Lucasfilm and continue to prop up corpses like they did yes. the last five years. And they did and, a great job if they're looking exploit, for a promotion. Exploit these old people for money like they've been doing. So no kidding. It's just, it's. I think what this whole—I don't know what the word for it is—the Filoni verse, the Mando verse, the Favreau verse. Like I don't know what we're calling these Disney Plus shows that are set after. Let's go Mando verse. I think Mando-verse. that's what I've seen the most often. Yeah. So the Mando verse. It's clear that what they're trying to do is to give fans that are, frankly, our age, and or, or older the expanded universe of the 90s on TV. But the biggest hurdle is, folks, we can't give you the big three. Like, <laughs> they're too old or dead. I'm sorry. Like, you're never, like, we can't give you that. So they're trying to replace Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie, 3PO, R2, Lando. Um, they're trying to replace them with these other guys who are like, fine you know mando's fun um ahsoka was fun like sabine's like these are fine characters but it's creating a situation where so where did the heroes go like where are the main characters of star wars and why aren't they like why isn't leia leading leia's not an old lady leia's leia is like 38 years old right now not or leia's maybe in, even less no about that she's, yeah she's about yeah, that yeah leia's in her prime probably yeah she's mm-hmm. the hero of the galactic civil war why mm-hmm. it shouldn't be hera it should be leia but they don't want to recast leia and it shouldn't be ahsoka it should be luke, luke. <laughs> and it's oh han not being there is fine because han's probably like i'm done i don't want to do anymore <laughs> like you could do a fun story about han kind of being over all this he's like didn't we win like can't chewie and i just like hang out and drink beer and drink blue milk rather like why do i have to keep going on these adventures but they can't do that because they won't cast new people in those roles even though they've got a perfect one in luke they've got a perfect guy he literally works at their big compound he works there yeah just get him you can honestly like well she doesn't really look like her but like just have Billy Lord play Princess Leia. I was like, going to make the same suggestion. I was going to make the same suggestion. I would find makeup. She looks like her enough. I would find that cute. I'd find that charming. She's a. I think she's like a good performer. 
Yeah. I liked her character in the sequels. I've seen her in some other stuff. She's oh, like a she's she's great in um, she's great in Booksmart. Yes, yes, yeah, that's she's very that's good in that. Good. She's really good in Booksmart. She's like a fun. She's good. You already cast Ian Han Solo and pretended that he doesn't exist. The poor man. Like bring him back. He's, he's the greatest fucking actor on earth right now. I don't know why he was just in um, Oppenheimer. So he's he's still around. Um, he is so good, and uh, Danny and I talk about it all the time. Check out the movie Hail Caesar if you've never seen it. What's it worth? So simple. You can just get <laughs> you. You have a young Han Solo. You could cast Sebastian Stan as Luke, even though I don't even like him as an actor. It's just like he fucking looks exactly yeah, like. I like him as I like him as an actor. Get Billy Lord. Yeah. Um. Get Donald Glover back. Get Alden Ehrenreich. You've got that Danish guy that plays Chewbacca. It's like yeah. you're so close. To getting it but but you just want to keep recreating exactly the thing from our childhoods and it's that's why i always use the phrase demonic because it's evil <laughs> like let it move on do something else so i think that's the my big thing with it is that i see what they're going for i admire it i think it's kind of cool that they want to do that as a way to maybe apologize for the sequels which those fans didn't like those people who liked the expanded universe did not like the sequels but they just won't like take a risk they won't take it it's so safe they're playing it so safe and that's why it's never gonna transcend what it is which is just tv content for their streaming platform to get people to keep paying for disney plus like even though some episodes are good some stuff is good good performances from actors, great music, certain stuff looks really great. It's like, it, it can't escape what it is at the end of the day, which is just a way for Disney to make money and for Lucasfilm to make money. Um, and it's not Kathleen Kennedy's fault. <laughs> like it's, she's not, no, some she's, she's doing her job. Yeah. She's I... just doing her job. She's, she, I, I would imagine that she, of the, of the suits at Lucasfilm and the suits at Disney, I would argue that Kathleen Kennedy's probably the one, with a better understanding of maybe we can try this. Maybe we can like, I, I would think she, I'd trust her if she had more control. It's not her. It's the fact that Disney owns Star Wars, which you and I talked about 10 years ago at this point. <laughs> we said, hey, it's cool they're going to make new Star Wars, but it's Disney. How good is it really going to be at the end of the day? We were talking about that 10 years ago, but that first Force Awakens trailer. Well, comes it, up but it's and like just back in. I know. Can't wait. I, I gotta. I'll play devil's advocate here, though, and say, it. Marvel and Star Wars are like this, but yes. the the Disney proper properties aren't really like that. Like, there's a reason they've had so much success as they've had. Like, they for Pixar continues to be fine but was obviously excellent in the 90s yeah. 2000s and you know like 2010s but in the disney animated movies have been fine but there's something about it's i think you nailed nailed it. it's two two problems happen the marvel cinematic universe was so initially successful well, it still is but it was very successful initially that that role that model has been uh borrowed from people are trying to replicate that model mm -hmm. and then around when that was peaking was when force awakens came out so it was the mix of the shared cinematic universe and then the 
re reboot, the bringing back legacy characters. So Star Wars has like both of these things that it's trying to do instead of just like being its own thing, which is too bad. Um, you know, it's given me a lot of like something, a show I've weirdly thought a lot about since we've talked about it, Danny, is the Rings of Power. <laughs> I, I, I like, I think I liked it more than I cared to admit at the time. Like the more I think about it, it's like, you know what? They, it was just a, freaking tv show that they tried to do and like yes i the mystery box thing sucked and that was dumb but like they just made one tv show and they weren't trying to interconnect to different universes and having four other spin-off shows going on at the same time and like it almost feels freaking charming and it was made by amazon and it was the, the lord of the rings you know what i mean like it's yeah. it's embarrassing <laughs> that, that i feel that way about it but I think it's because the interconnections are already there and they're pretty yep. ironclad because an insane Oxford Don thought all of this out already. Yes. Like, yes. so they're not just referencing shit that they're going to do or re like they're actually referencing like actual shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, like these references are, yeah, of course they want to set it up and make it a big thing, but the stuff they reference in rings of power there are there's material that Tolkien like wrote about it, and so it it hits better. Like it hit, it's it just works better. This they're referencing stuff that hasn't happened yet, or stuff that has happened that people don't like, or stuff that exists in this weird uh, middle ground between is it legends, is it canon? Like what is this? Like the decision yep. to the decision to officially like separate that that stuff was a bad decision i think i understand why they did it because star wars nerds like they their brains would fry if they didn't know what how to write the wikipedia articles but they literally should have said like yep we are aware of all that stuff that happened anyway we're making new stuff like they should have just not made a they should not have done a whole thing yeah yeah about, we're calling them legends now and it's two separate continuities. It's like that's I get I get why you did it because of the fan base, but it was a stupid decision because now every time something like Thrawn comes back, it's a whole thing of like, ooh, they brought him back from Legends, and now he's canon. It's like, well, he already was canon. Like you did read those books. Like he like all those experiences and memories like happened. Like they can just they should have treated it like Marvel treats the comics. We're yeah. going to pick and choose things. And like in the comics, Thanos has a love interest who's this embodiment of death. That's why he's not doing the stones thing because he wants to do his, you know, stupid philosophy 101 shit that he talks about in Infinity War. He wants to do it because he wants to impress this lady death that he's obsessed with. Um, but in the movie, they did something different. They thought, oh, that's not going to work for us. We're going to give him like this different arc of like, depopulation and his like difficult traumatic back like we're gonna do something different and Marvel fans, better to film yeah marvel fans are fine with that they're not sitting there being like wait a minute but in the original con no it's just comic non it's just silly comic nonsense that's what they should have done yeah they should have just picked and chose uh things at random oh thrawn definitely gotta bring him back everyone likes thrawn but instead they said it's all going in the trash so that they could milk lots of money out of the anticipation of we're bringing Thrawn back. We're going to confirm that Boba Fett's alive. Like 
they should have just treated it. If they wanted to copy Marvel, they should have treated all the Star Wars stuff from the 90s and the 2000s as the source material and just taken what they wanted from it and said, well, these are live action adaptations of that. So we're making changes so that it works better as a film or a TV show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they should have done. But instead they've created this weird, like cl- in a classic star Wars move, they've made it way more complicated than it needs to be <laughs> in order to appease an extremely specific type of nerd that wants to know the exact date on which Supreme Leader Snoke was born and what his favorite color was. And did he have parents? Like, forget all that. Just take what works, put it in shows, and recast the main three characters. Just recast them. That's what we want to see. It's it's clearly evident that that's who anyone wants to see. Like, Yeah, that's... Well, if they're written with the same integrity as the original trilogy, of course. But that's... and, and, And not to diminish, obviously those three characters are very likable because they're informed by the performances, uh, Mm -hmm. especially, especially Han Solo. So I can see if you leave that character off, but you know, I love Mark Hamill as Luke. I love Carrie Fisher as Leia is they can be played by different. They can be played by different actors. I think. Yes. I think Mark Hamill would probably appreciate it. I think he's already said it. Hasn't he said? I don't care. I think he specifically has endorsed Sebastian Stan. It's like he he didn't complain, but he made jokes about the fact like, yeah, they said I was coming back for The Force Awakens, and then they made me like lose a bunch of weight and sent me to the gym. And it's like, I was like, Jesus, I'm old. Leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah. Carrie Fisher, she was like, oh, my God. Again, again, you're making me lose weight to play this stupid princess character in your space fantasy. Like, leave these people alone. Get new people. And I think, honestly, I know I'd enjoy that. Like, I, I love those. We talk about it all. Those three characters are just as as great as Star Wars is for its world building and all of that. It's those three characters. And the thing I liked about the sequels, I liked seeing them old. I liked seeing them different. I personally liked it. Like, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. It was fun to see Han Solo as an old coot. <laughs> it's like shirt is dirty and he hasn't showered. It was fun to see Luke uh as this like clearly extremely powerful, but he's just like so disappointed in life. Like his optimism such an optimistic character and things didn't go well. And of course he's like heartbroken about that. Like I like I like that stuff. I like that Leia's still just like I'm just trying to do my job, everybody. <laughs> like She's just still the hardest working lady in the galaxy. Like, I liked all that. Um, And yes, it'd be kind of a shame if they just kind of did sub sub standard adventures with other actors, but it would just be a lot easier to talk about. And it would just, it would make a lot more sense. And it would feel like we're building towards the force awakens and we're building towards some sort of cohesive story of like the 33 years that separate return of the Jedi and the force awakens but instead it's just constantly course correcting constantly worried about who did we piss off who's annoyed um like who is what what cultural moment is this particular show gonna shamelessly capitalize on to get people to talk about it and tweet about it um yeah it's like i think that's why you and i liked andor so much because it felt like just 
they gave a guy some money and said, go make a Star Wars. And he did with right. almost no oversight. <laughs> right. Probably because Cassian Andor isn't some beloved. Although, I was going to say, that's another show where the, the title character is like the least interesting character. But he, he's, he's much better on that show than yeah. he in, in the movie Rogue One. I liked um, him. I was interested in his his journey. He wasn't the yeah. most interesting character, but I was interested in like his change from episode one to episode twelve. Um, I think it's because they just thought that one felt like a throwaway. It's like, oh yeah, we'll make an Andor show. Why not? People might watch that. It it was like a gamble, and it paid off because it's like one of the better. It's like one of the best things that's come out of the Disney Plus machine. Oh, yeah. um, and the acolyte i don't know what that one's about but it sounds like that one's supposed to kind of be a- appealing to fans of the kotor games like the old republic and that's going to piss everyone off because they'll do something different they, they'll do something wrong they'll bring back revan but it'll be wrong and i don't know skeleton crew they say well this one's for kids and it's like it's all for fucking kids <laughs> what, what do you mean this to, one's yeah. for kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so the mess, the messy ups and downs, the roller coaster yeah. continues. Yeah. This. Uh, yeah. And and going back to what you were saying earlier, of course, in retrospect, how great would it have been if they could have made a '90s, even if they just made one movie or two movies or something, but made Star Wars movies in the '90s with Han, Luke, and Leia. You know, yeah. with, with Irvin Kershner directing them or something. But it's also, as you always point out, it's like 1983. It's tough to top that ending. It's tough to top how that all happened. But here we here we are still talking about it. But, you know, there are some efforts that are okay. Like, I, I enjoyed these final three episodes. Oh, yeah. Overall, like, I think individually they were all good episodes. They all did different things. Like you said, Thrawn was a good character i i'm always wary of the like moriarty level genius because it's like anytime you set up a character like that then your writers better be pretty smart themselves to come up with some like really and i did love that what i think of the finale he said something like i'm not going to underestimate jedi anymore send two tie fighters so it's like well all right i mean i i, I like the military like we're not gonna be wasteful like i need to set numbers and all of that yeah. but come on yeah and it's like the whole time they're talking about the jedi in these last three episodes and they did this in the whole show you know for a lot of people they're just going to listen to it and it's whatever but for someone like you or me it's like why are you guys talking about the jedi like again they worked in the nation's capital you all remember them they were around like seconds ago <laughs> Why is there this big, like, and it's just so there can be moments where Thrawn says, her master was Anakin Skywalker. So all the Anakin Skywalker fans can go, that's right. Thrawn's afraid of Anakin Skywalker. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I hate this shit. I, it's just, it's. Well, and I was trying to remember, and he, I mean, he said a line that confirmed it, but he knew Vader was Anakin. I just couldn't remember if that was ever explicitly said in yeah. the previous shows. And that's another thing that's always in Star Wars. It's like, who knew that Anakin was Darth Vader? Who didn't know that? Yeah. And again, that's a problem. That's a that's a question that doesn't need an answer because 
it wasn't originally an issue. They were originally two separate, completely separate guys in when they were making that movie in the desert in 1976. Like the it's we are it's you're we're literally building on sand here. Like we're trying to make a cohesive myth for the modern era on a bunch of guys in the 70s and 80s just trying to do a bunch of good work under stress and restrictions and like try like we're building on this like very very flimsy foundation and that's why it keeps that's why it keeps falling apart yeah that's why not no one thing ever works like if i if you like star wars and you're in definitely check out ahsoka there's lots of good stuff in it there's lots of boring stuff in it there's nothing um like bad in it necessarily like, there's no scenes of like har- like horrifying miscalculation it's just a lot of filler pretty boring with some good stuff definitely some highlights as far as like ray stevenson goes and we talked about ezra he's definitely a bright light at the end of this that's a series um but if you just kind of don't care anymore like don't then just don't care like yeah <laughs> just just stop watching like it's not leading to anything interesting where i have to ask because we've talked about it a lot in the previous two episodes where do you stand on the end in terms of sabine being a an apprentice a jedi fine <laughs> it did seem a little i mean i know this is just movie and tv magic 101 yeah. but her like all of a sudden being able to summon her which that was i was actually okay with that when she needed her lightsaber and finally got it yeah. and like okay because there, there was at least talk about that earlier in the episode and free your mind and a little bit more to it but then the very next scene she's confidently telling ezra yeah you jump and i'm gonna just send your ass all the way up to that trip <laughs> i'm like i would not if i was ezra i'd be like no no, no you jump <laughs> and i'll throw you up there and i know that was the point Yes. But uh, I would have been a little concerned trusting my life with her at that point. But I think the problem is this boring procedural uh, amb- um, ambient in the last three episodes became a Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. So all this detail about here's why Sabine can't be a Jedi. It's like, well, you spent like six episodes talking about that. And now all of a sudden she's a Jedi because of course she is. That's how the force works. It's just magic. Um, Ray, all of a sudden calls the lightsaber to her and no one complain. well i shouldn't say no one complains i'm sure a lot of people complain but you and i don't complain oh i love that moment because that scene, about is, that. that scene is awesome it's yep. like yes now is the moment where she embraces her her uh, destiny and her identity like i have this power i'm going to use it but it's a movie we've only spent like two hours with her as opposed to like six hours of her talking about like how i can't it's just the fact that these RTV shows is with the Mandalorian being an exception. Um, Cause that worked as episodic TV. They did a good job of building a world and then just doing throwaway episodes that didn't matter Yeah, with uh, timeless celebrity Lizzo um, who was famous in that episode and is still famous. Boy, boy um, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you do that. You, you stupid corporation. That's what happened when you do that. So uh, this could have just been a movie about Ahsoka and Sabine looking for Ezra. It could have been two hours. Mm-hmm. There's so much stuff you could cut. Get to the get to the uh, witch planet as soon as possible. And you've got, you know, to quote 
uh, to quote Grief Karga, you got a stew going. So it's, it'd be perfect, but they keep yeah. trying to stretch it out to maximize the attention these things get. Yeah, so it's just safe stuff and a mix of Filoni trying to do his own thing, but MCU and Disney uh, influences. It's it's a it's a mess, but again, trying to just grade this show on its own. I I liked it. I wish it wasn't so fillery. I wish there was more about Ahsoka. So a lot of the same concerns mm-hmm. we've been having, but there were some bright spots, and I do want to give it the benefit of the doubt. Not that I should have to rely on future projects, but I do want to see where this all goes with the movie and etc. So, yeah. All right. Well, definitely check it out. Like we said, if you if you're invested in this stuff, you should watch it if you haven't already. Um, it, decent enough show. So check it out. And anyway, thank you very much for listening. I want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life.